the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity, a radio show and podcast about real faith for the real world. I'm Richard Mendelo, and as always, I'm joined by and so grateful for my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelo. Hello, everyone. So glad to be here with you all. We are glad to have you. Well, thank you. You said that before, and I'm like, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> glad, glad that you're glad that I'm here. Amen. Huh. <laughs> Friends, I got a bit of a story for you, and it may even be somewhat of a confession. To give you some background, I've been really frustrated with people lately, and I've been praying about it. Sometimes this world, its lies, its meanness, its politics, and its vulgarity just get me down, and then I feel upset with people, and that makes no sense. It's like being mad at somebody for being sick. And I don't want to be that way. And God is answering those prayers because since yesterday morning, I felt a renewed feeling of love and compassion for people. It began with a text from today's guest, Jeff Egley. I woke up to it. And you may remember Jeff from a previous episode like me. He's an airline pilot. More importantly, Jeff's an amazing man of God, and he really strives to walk out his faith with integrity, and he pulls no punches, he speaks hard truth and love, and he genuinely tries to lift people up wherever he finds them. And this included me yesterday morning when, as I woke up, there was a text, and Jeff sent some scripture, and he closed his text by saying, I love you, and that got me thinking about love. When you picture a Texan, you probably picture a big guy who works on a ranch or a farm and drives a truck and loves Jesus and his family and likes guns and means what he says. And you're probably picturing Jeff because he's all of those things. So when the big guy told me, I love you, it meant something to me and it actually shaped the rest of my day. So about an hour later, I'm on the way to church and I received a text from a father showing a picture of him and his son together on the sofa, and they were visiting for the first time in a couple months. The father, who has been battling with very serious health issues, said that his face looked chubby from all the medications that he took. And I replied that in 50 years' time, all that would be left of that face is the love that it gave so freely. And that is something about that man with all of his struggles he loves the people around him. And so all of that, Jeff's text and that text about loving people freely 
really did put me in a new place. And I was on the way to church in the car, staring out the windshield. And this thought came to me. A rose has no choice but to be a rose. It grows, it makes leaves, it makes thorns, and it blooms. A lion has no choice but to be a lion. It hunts, it kills, and it eats. And God has no choice but to be God. One of his most important attributes is that he is immutable. He is unchanging. We can trust him because he is unchanging. From day to day, he is who he is. When Moses asked God who he should say sent him to the Israelites in Exodus chapter 3, we are told, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. So, as all of this rolled around in my very small brain, what came to me is that the only thing on earth that has a choice about who he is from one moment to the next is man. Flowers don't choose. Lions don't choose. God doesn't choose. Only man can choose from one day to the next who he is. How does that look? Man's first choice is deciding who he is in his decision to love God or the world. His next choice is whether or not he will love his neighbor. And that's not really a choice because if he loves God, he is commanded to love his neighbor. Still, from one moment to the next, it's a defining choice. And that's what I thought about all day yesterday, and I got peace from it as I thought about who did I want to define myself to be in my choices. And we're going to talk about that today with our good friend and brother in Christ, Jeff Egley. Sorry that took so long, Jeff. Welcome. That's a good morning. It's always a pleasure to be in yours and Christy's shadow, so thank you. Amen. Would you pray for us? Join us together, please. Kind Heavenly Father, we are... I get amazed at your love for us. It's the core of your being. It's who you are. You, you choose to love. And we confess that certainly we are not worthy, but we are grateful that you extend love and grace to us. We ask that in this time, Holy Spirit, you would move in us and through us. You give us eyes to see and ears to hear. You would speak your words, and we would be silent for those who are hurting when we need to be. So grant us wisdom like James 1.5 promises. And restore joy to us of salvation like David promises and David asks in the Psalms. So we ask and receive and we act and we live in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Um, what do you think about that? That nothing on earth can choose who it is except man. So we go back to scripture because my opinion worth about nothing. You add $5, you can get coffee at Starbucks. <laughs> So, but what scripture says is worth everything. And so it says in the beginning, it says that God created and he created and he created by his word. He spoke into being. But then for man, it says he took clay and he formed it and then he breathed into it. Scripture translated in early language says it became a speaking spirit. So animals are, as you say, plants are, as they say, they have a DNA, they have a, a, an instinct being a rancher, as you said, I can tell you, cows have personality. Some you can trust, some you never turn your back on. 
I right. never turn my back on a cow. <laughs> <laughs> if I have those, they go to sale. What <laughs> I know about cows, you could fit into this coffee mug. <laughs> so I just don't trust them. <laughs> oh, I, I trust mine because if I don't, they leave. <laughs> yeah, and they McDonald's hands it with them. <laughs> so, but man became a speaking spirit. So man does have that triune creation. He's a physical being, he's a spiritual being, and he's an intellect. He or she, Christy. Thank you. Right? Okay. So we do have a choice. We can choose how we live out that life. We can choose each day. God said it really day. Actually, Joshua spoke God's command. Choose this day whom mm-hmm. you shall serve. Amen. I love but that. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So, yeah, it really is uh, an amazing opportunity that we have. Uh, I like that word seminal. And uh, I looked it up. We used to deal with it a lot in aviation safety. This was a seminal event. And for those of you not so familiar with aviation safety, it just means that it affects everything that comes after it. It's seminal. And the choice that we make to love God and then to love our neighbor is seminal. But more than affecting everything that comes after it, It affects us. And the feeling I'm trying to explain that I had yesterday with such compassion for the world and beginning with your text, compassion for this father who sent me that picture, and it just put me in a different place. And I know it was with the Holy Spirit's help um, because it's an internal working And I was just as tired as I normally am. I was just as rushed as I normally am. But I just felt this very strong peace. Well, what comes to mind is you can only control yourself as well. So there's choice, obviously, but um, people are going to show up and be who and how they are. And we, if I think you say this often, your right to be you doesn't supersede my right to be me. And if we allow them to dictate our choices by their actions, um, then we we live on everybody else's terms. And so the, the, but we often live in that world. We're trying to change other people, and we don't look to ourselves yeah. to change it in that moment. And then one one last thing, and sometimes it takes a brother to come by or a sister to come by and breathe in that 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 air to you that you're just you're you know you're without oxygen you need it right and and so jeff did that for you yeah yeah and and it's such an amazing thing because let's say somebody cuts you off in traffic (laughs) and And you say jesus loves you and i'm trying and (laughs) well i like it that would be good that's good they cut you off and you think to yourself well that was not smart, and I'm using really nice words here. You say, that was not smart, and this, and then you get all mad about it, and now you start acting crazy. And if mm-hmm. you break all of that down, what really is happening there is somebody that you don't think is acting in a very smart way is now determining your behavior, right? which means that they may be one level of dumb, but you're two levels of dumb. <laughs> And yet we all do it, and it's very easy to do. And if we back away from all of this and we say, who do I want to be on this planet, in this world, and what legacy do I want to leave for my children, and what do I want people to say about me, and what do I want written on my tombstone, 
Then you start thinking these thoughts. And most importantly, who does Jesus want me to be? And then you realize that I can start being that right now. And I am going to start being that right now in this one little choice I'm about to make. And I let off the gas and I just back away from that whole situation and I maybe decide to pray for that person. So part of it has to do, and I've been having the same sense, Rich, you know, Colonel, I just had that, that frustration with life, that frustration with people. This came up in, in our, our life group last night. Do we have any right to have expectation? Hmm. And that, that is critical right. question. I would like to know the answer. Expectations. Do we have that right? So in a marriage, do I have the right to have an expectation for my wife to meet my needs? Yes. No. <laughs> Great. You got a Perfect. 50-50 chance. <laughs> but, it, but, but it's true, right? It depends how we look at the word expectation. Yeah. And also look at that word right. Because if you think about it, what what rights do you have? And what expectations do you have? I used to believe, and I formed this opinion when I was in Afghanistan, that the key to life was setting expectations. If I had set, uh, if I set proper expectations about Afghanistan, I would be properly prepared and I wouldn't be disappointed. Recently, I've decided that behind expectations is attitude. My attitude determines my expectations. And that's kind of what we're talking about here, where we have an attitude of love and gratitude. And stay with us, friends. We're going to talk about that more in the second segment. You won't want to miss it. God's Word says that He loves a cheerful giver. You've probably heard that part of Scripture often quoted when it comes to tithing. Friends, we'd like you to consider your cheerful giving to God through Courageous Christianity. With your tax-deductible donation, you will be helping us achieve our mission to equip Christian men for the spiritual battlefield in order to glorify God and create godly change. No amount is too small. You can make a donation by texting any amount to 281 800 4940. That's 281-800-4940. Or visit today. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of host Richard Mindelow's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity, a devotional that will equip you in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit for you, you can also donate and find more information about the Courageous Christianity Ministry, links to all the aired shows, a blog for Christian warriors, and an opportunity to submit prayer requests at CourageousChristianity.today. Please donate and be a part of sustaining our efforts in serving our Heavenly Father by serving His warriors on the spiritual battlefield. Please text to donate at 281-800-4940 or visit CourageousChristianity.today. God bless you. In His arms He'll take and shield thee I will find a solace there. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. And after we come back in from the break, Corey points at me, just kind of, sort of, ever so small, tell me it's time to start talking. 
And before we went <laughs> so to break, <laughs> we were talking about expectations. And I said that when I was in Afghanistan, I thought expectations were the key to everything because it determines what you're per, what you're expecting from the world and when you feel offended and when you feel entitled and when you feel that your rights have been violated and so on and so forth. And then recently I decided that I thought behind expectations was really attitude because your attitude determined your expectations. So if I have an attitude of humility, then I have very small expectations because who am I to ask something of this person or of this world? And Christy made a great point at the break. She said she even thinks that behind attitude and perspective is heart. And that's where Jesus is doing his work. And the and uh, Holy Spirit is in there, invested, shaping, guiding. And so that sets perspectives, and that determines expectations. And this is a big deal, because it brings us to the question Jeff asked as we went to break— Speaking about expectations, he said that at his uh, small group last night, they asked the question, does he have the right to have expectations of his wife? Right. And so where did that conversation go? It was like you dropped a bag of marbles. It ran, it ran, <laughs> it ran everywhere. What really it came down to is, is it good to have expectations? It's good to have relationships. And should I have an expectation that my wife would love me? Not what Scripture says. Scripture tells her to respect me. Scripture tells me to love her. So if I live on the understanding of Scripture is right and it's true, it's not the expectation that I should have. It's the obedience to what Christ called me to. And then the results are up to who? They're up to him. Right. So when I live under Scripture... I just read this morning in the Old Testament, God said very clearly through his prophets, when you live the way I've told you to live, this is my paraphrase, when you live under what I've told you to live, you will live a life that is prosperous with my blessings. It's not about money. It's about relational peace. Amen. Joshua chapter one, verse eight is what I hear there. Do not turn from it to the left or to the right. Meditate on it day and night and you will be successful. Christy, you don't have to raise your hand. Well, I did. You can I'm, just start I'm talking. Like over there, it's the Corey points that you and I'm over here raising my little <laughs> nice. hands. It makes I'm stuck me... in the middle. You did that, right? <laughs> Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Uh, it makes me think of uh, Ruth. And when you look at um, the book of Ruth, it's such an amazing example of um, submission, um, faithfulness, dependency on the Heavenly Father. Naomi goes back to Bethlehem to um, be fed because there is a famine in the land. And the daughter-in-law, Ruth, follows her and says, uh, where you go, I will go. And uh, to long story short, long not, not very long book short, ultimately by their faithfulness, their dedication, um, following God's word, their obedience, the lineage of the Messiah uh, is forthcoming from that. And that, Brilliant, and that's, amazing that's, blessing, and it's the kinsman redeemer, which you just Amen. talked about right. in the last two broadcasts. Right, right. Redemption. That is a brilliant, brilliant reference. I've been studying. Nicely done. No, that's so important <laughs> because if you think about it, Ruth did not think much of herself. No, she changed her and name. The Bible even. tells us, "Do not think more highly of yourself than you ought." Okay, so I'm just this little. 
uh, group of cells, 80% water. Effectively, I'm a little puddle. And all that really matters is the good that I can do. And so here's Ruth in that smallness asking herself, what does Naomi need? But I have to correct myself. Actually, Naomi changed her name. And so even beyond Ruth, she she actually was kind of in a way thinking she was really less than because she had lost her husband and she lost both her sons and said, I want to even change my name. And so she did have a moment of doubt with God. But you're right. Ruth was like, I'm I'm coming from a humble, submitted place where you go, I will go. I will follow. I'm going to just sound like you two now. <laughs> and it kind of brings us to the question of what is love, because in that moment, she could have said, uh, Naomi tells her, go back. Right. Go back to your home With the other daughter-in-law. Right. And she says to herself, maybe in a dialogue with God, what does Naomi need? What is loving to do here for her? Yeah. I will do that. And then the rest of the story is about, Naomi's love for her and God's blessing of her and bringing her to Boaz in in that amazing story. Friends, if you haven't read uh, the book of Ruth. It's beautiful. It is really beautiful. beautiful. And you made a great point because if we define love as what is the best thing I can do for that person now, maybe it's tell them a hard truth like Jeff likes to do with me whenever I get <laughs> one wheel off the pavement. Well, he is an instructor. I'm, I'm going to talk to you before you get off the pavement, okay? Just okay, I like that. Please. I like that. Yes. What are you doing right now? I've never seen anything like that before. I don't think we want to talk about wheels off the pavement when it relates to flying. Okay. <laughs> we were talking about driving. Okay. So do you have a right to have expectations? The world says I do. Mm. And so my, then we know the answer is well, no, you don't. But then myself says I do too. Yeah, I was, that's what right? I was hearing. Self. Okay. Okay. It, it is. God has, has such wisdom, and we shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't be surprised. But think about at the beginning. God creates Adam, mm. gives Adam work to do, gives him purpose, and through his work and through his purpose, he figures out, I'm alone. And God says, "Oh, good point." I will make you a help. Excuse me. We will make you a help. And did he take some clay and form? No. No. So out of Adam came Eve with God's creation. Wasn't her name yet. Right. She wasn't named till later. All right. Not for some time. Right. And so they bring them together. Adam fails to teach Eve. All right. We've talked about that before. Right. And so when the temptation comes... Eve doesn't know the right answer, and so she fails. And Adam is right there present. Adam standing because it says that he shook it and handed it to him. And she did not. Adam did not use good crew resource management and say to uh, Eve, "You should not believe this slippery character." Like my buddy, I told you, my buddy the cowboy says, "Hey, snake, that's my chick. Back up, right, right, right." He sounds like a very eloquent man. So, but my point to go to that is. At that point, when that happens, there's a new word created, and that word's sin. Mm-hmm. What is in the middle of sin? I. All of sin, and I mean all of sin, is based on I. It's on selfishness. Okay, so then all what I'm going to say is the world says you have a right to your uh, expectations. The world says you have this right. We know that whatever the world says is 180 degrees out from God. We know that I is the problem here. So it would be 
very beneficial for us to go through life as Ruth and say, I don't matter all that much. What matters is the good that I can do, the love that I can give. I am going to have no expectations. I am just going to try and be the person God wants me to be. And people's behavior is up to people. Uh, They will be who they want to be. And only behavior I control is my own. I'm going to do the next right thing. And then what happens after that is simply about me finding the next right thing to do. Who determines the outcome? That's God's business. Very, very One of the true. reasons why I got promoted to colonel in the Marines is because I stayed in my There lane. wasn't anybody else? There wasn't oh, anybody else. No, that's nice. Ouch. Thank you. Um, Brotherly love But think right about there. it. Um, I stayed in my lane. Yeah. Generals make general decisions. Colonels make colonels' decisions. And none of those decisions are God's decisions. Mm. And the other thing is, is we don't know what he's trying to do. He could have a very different outcome than we anticipate. And so maybe that outcome involves me speaking the truth in love to this person, asking what is best, and then I do that. Maybe it's just letting off the gas, drifting a couple miles back from them, and letting them go be who they want to be. Well, often we're in such a fast pace in this world, too. We think about just the here and now, and we don't think about the repercussions of our choices or our actions five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road. And in Ruth, uh, because of their faithfulness, they, again, as I mentioned earlier, that outcome was ultimately Jesus, but they didn't know that. But, um, and, and oftentimes we don't know what the outcome could be, but when we walk in obedience, uh, amazing things can happen that we don't even begin to see. So we've got to slow down and think about that. So, Why did she choose to stay with her mother-in-law? Because in her mind, that was the loving, right thing to do. It was was the what thing? It was the loving thing. She chose to love someone. It was an act of love. Right. All the things that Jesus did. If we're going to call ourselves Christians, we should act like Christ. right? Right. Okay. All the things that Jesus did, and I mean all of them were based first and foremost in love. Love for the people. Love for those he talked to. Even when he read people the right act because they were wrong, he still said to them what was truth in a way that they needed to hear it. Yeah, uh, we've talked on the show before about the difference between nice and kind, and we've talked Mm -hmm. about the difference between love and like. And... (laughs) This is a big distinction, friends, because we've said that the world is 180 degrees out from what God wants, and the world says we have to be nice, and I've said before, nice means nothing on a battlefield, and we are certainly on a battlefield. And the other thing is like. If you're worried about being liked, then you're not worried about doing the next right thing, doing the loving thing, and that's how we ended up where we are today. And so the world and... uh, God's kingdom are 180 degrees out, and we have an opportunity at every decision point, provided we're not moving too fast, and we see it as a decision point. So stay with us. We'll be back after this to unpack it a little more. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. 
Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She is the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Right here, right here, I'm weak Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. We're talking with our good friend Jeff Egley about being loving. And about the great day that I had yesterday following a text he sent me and some other thoughts where I realized that the highest act of self-determination that we have, the act that has no option for any human or worldly thing to intervene, is the choice that we make as children of the Most High God, saved by Jesus, imbued with the Spirit to decide to be loving. And I said how that is the way we determine our identity, say who we are. We talked about the fact that a rose has no choice but to be a rose, and a lion has no choice but to be a lion, and God is immutable, and he is going to love us, and he's going to be God And yet we, as human beings, have this amazing opportunity on a daily basis to be self-determining with the choice that we make to love God and turn our backs on the world and to love each other. And uh, it's incredibly empowering, especially at a time where I think this world can uh, feel very disempowering. 
and you feel like you're getting washed over the rocks every day, uh, the rapids of this very fast-moving river, and it's all the world, and you feel like you're actually swimming upstream over these rocks. But the truth of the matter is, that's a perception, that's an expectation, that's based on wanting things and thinking you need things. But if you just back up and say, I'm loved by the Most High God, I choose in this moment to love God. I'm going to make that choice based on the Bible, reading the Bible in prayer with him and in moment-by-moment conversation, and then I'm going to choose to love the people around me, whether they're lovable or not. That's irrelevant. This is a choice you're making for yourself. And uh, self says, I'll love you if. Right. Mm -hmm. Self says, I'll love you if. If you love me, I'll love you. Right. That's what self says. But it's like the scripture says, you know, a good father, does a good father give his child uh, uh, some, a snake Stone. when he asks for bread? Or, right. Again, I'm a terrible paraphrase. What father, if his child asked for bread, would give him a stone, stone. or if he asked for fish, would give him a, a snake? snake? If you right. who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your father in heaven know how to give good gifts to you? And you're absolutely right about that. That's critical. Right. So... Love is a choice. The The fruit of the Spirit, as uh, described in the Bible, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They're sequential. They're built upon each other. The core of God's, the core of who he is and all of that there is, is that his core character is that he loves. He creates because he loves. He created the world for us to enjoy because he loves us. He created the world for us to enjoy, to have a loving relationship as we saw what he did for us. And his son did the same thing. He came here because he loved us. And we understand how much we're loved, it brings joy. And then that brings peace. And they go on and on. They build on each other. I love that. I've never looked at it that way. So it's when we get that core identity, I am loved. You know what that does and how it puts everything away? Because Satan's going to say, well, if you're a little taller, well, if you were a little smarter, well, if you're a little faster or stronger, you did better on your test, right? Accomplishment, earn, 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 earn. Yeah, dress a little better, fit in a little better. Right. But Jesus says, no, I love you because I love you. And so if you think about the fruits of the Spirit, you're right. It ends in self-control. And the need for that self-control isn't very tenuous. Uh, it's not very hard because of those other things which have filled you with peace. And that, that feeling of being filled with peace is how I just felt yesterday. And it was uh, so nice compared to how the frustration I had been feeling. And so the, the original language actually is tr- translated divine karate. Hmm. That is a spiritual control. That's huh. different than self-control. Because we get all the way to that point that we're filled and filled and filled and filled Finally, who's in control? It's not me. Because and it's not I, to be confused with high karate, which is yeah. like a, a, a cheap cologne. <laughs> I wouldn't know. No, I don't know. <laughs> but it's the issue of surrender. When I walk where he walks, James 1.5, when the time of test comes, ask for his wisdom and then believe because he who doubts is like a ship who's tossed him in the waves of the sea. Okay, that, so that's where I just... So wish we could help people understand this idea of surrender. And when you have experienced it, 
it is the most amazing thing that you will ever feel. And I, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to, uh, until the Holy Spirit comes in, I don't know how to do it. How could we okay, help people so, understand that? So this was my father's answer. The results are not up to me. When we lose the expectation of having a result, when I move out of confidence that he loves me, and then I leave it there, I have done as he's asked me to do. I've spoken or not spoken. I have acted in accord with his love and how he told me to interact with those people. Then I have peace. That is really brilliant. When we divorce ourselves from outcomes, we've often said, I can't remember the show, we talked about Christianity is a process. And all we have to do is the process and we leave the outcomes to God. But when we get attached to the outcomes, then we sometimes take shortcuts in the process and or get frustrated in the process. And so I think you raise an absolutely brilliant point. So if I'm uh, listening to this, uh, I'm a father, I'm, I'm trying to provide for my family, work is stressful, I got ambitions, I'm trying to grow in my career, I want the best and right now the best is got me working too hard. And then when I'm not working, I'm self-medicating with my phone because uh, I'm scrolling on my phone, trying to kind of sort of distance myself from the frustration around me and all of these different things. And so what would you say to that father about, mm-hmm. about being invested in this moment right here? Right away. You said you have ambitions. And you said you're trying to provide for a family. Have you asked your wife? Have you asked your kids? What is it that you want from me? Have you prayed? Because Have God you prayed said, the Father, give us this day right, our daily bread. Right. Okay. So does your wife say, I got to have the new BMW? Or does she say, I like my six-year-old car. It's paid for. Yeah. You know, so ambitions. You're right show about me, that. Show me scripture where it and says. And when asked how to pray, Jesus did say, <clears throat> excuse me, he did say, Give us this day our daily bread. So it's just right here, right now, because as we said, God is immutable, and he is the good father. And what uh, father, if his child asks for bread, would give him a stone? He, he will not. So we can be assured of his love that he will provide for us. And it's in that assurance, the expectation, expectation. and that assurance that we know God is good. And so if you said to me, how do I make this happen? How do I uh, perfect this make a choice to love right here in this moment, what I would say is start at home. Mm. Start at home investing yourself right now where you are. Put your phone down. We're all guilty of it. Put your phone down. And you look your wife in the eyes and you talk to her. And you, you just really talk to her. And you look at your children when they come up to you and say, Daddy, Daddy. And you be right there. And try not to worry about tomorrow. Try not to worry about what's been done to you and how you feel about it, and just be right here. First of all, don't worry. Yeah, well, we know that, but well, we're, we're worry, talking about how hard it is. Right, I agree. But worry is worship in the wrong direction. Yeah. That's what worry is. Right? I, I agree with you. And so um, I think we can start at home, being present, choosing the next loving thing to do, being in the moment and practicing servitude. I think it's also to go back to that worry, though, is to check in, like, how much time are you spending worrying? And I love that. Worship in the wrong direction. That's what it is. Um, and, and I think if you're worshiping believe it the or, devil. 
if you're worrying. Is that you're, what you mean by that? You're focusing on the what if when you have no control of what instead of focusing on I know who he is. I know what he promised. I know what scripture says. And God is immutable. And in, in, in something that's really tangible people can do is get a blank piece of white paper or any sort of color paper and put down all the things they're worrying about and then go back to scripture and and check in against it. God says, do not be afraid. How, how many times in the Bible? 365. And so a lot of these things can be in the what ifs and in their minds that you have nothing, you can't control things, right? And, and check in with yourself. On yeah, think about that. Uh, that is a brilliant point. Writing it down. Is a brilliant point. Write that down. Uh, write that down. And you could use <laughs> blue down, paper or you could use red paper. You could use or you could paper. use white paper. Yeah, or you can, whatever you can what use. What about green? It, pink with a nice perfume on it, just like, you know, okay. uh, Ruth Weatherspoon and Blinkley Blonde. Paper. <laughs> that went sideways really fast. But you, you, make, you, you make a really brilliant point. And we're joking a little bit, but at the same time, this is so serious. Because our personal peace in our trust and our belief and the only expectation which is really real, and that is that God will love us and he will provide for us and sometimes he will chastise us because a father chastises the one he loves. We also also know that God will honor his word. Amen. He his is, word is true. He is There's over 7,000 promises. That doesn't mean it ends the way I want it. Right. So you heard Jeff say something really uh, important. He said that uh, it says, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged, don't be frightened. 365 times in the Bible. That's because there's one for each day. And so there's no day that we have to fear. Stay with us, friends. We'll be wrapping it up in the fourth segment. Recently, Ryan Reed was a guest on Courageous Christianity, and we want you to know more about his jiu-jitsu gym. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a place where you'll find good people and great jiu-jitsu. Whether you are training to learn self-defense, to get in shape, looking for a new hobby, or want to compete, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Huntsville, Texas has something for you. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com to learn more and to get your two-week free trial. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com today. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. And the conversation we're having today is that man is the only thing on this earth who gets to choose who he is. 
We said that a lion has no choice, that a rose has no choice, that God, because he is immutable, has made his choices, and that's how we know him. But man, on a daily basis, has a choice to determine who he is by his actions. And we're talking about being loving and loving our neighbor and having those be the actions that define us and being small and being humble and not having expectations and letting the world choose what the world wants to be and being comfortable and confident as we choose to be what Jesus has told us to be. And so you can make that happen in a lot of different ways. We talked about practicing it at home. We talked about uh, putting your cell phone down and being in the moment. You could do something loving for a complete stranger. You could pray for that person on the freeway. Christy and I were on the way to the station a while back, and as we passed a bus station, there was a lady losing her mind on a cell phone. And she was so upset. To me, looking at her, it was heartbreaking. And all we did was start praying for her. And I don't know what was going on, and I don't know was she right or wrong or whatever. It didn't matter. It just broke my heart to see that person that upset. And so you can pray for a complete stranger. You can buy somebody a meal. You can carry somebody's bag. You can lift something heavy. You can do a million things. And if you're brave enough, you can ask God to give you opportunities to be loving. He will give them to you. (laughs) What I will promise you is that when you focus outward, the things that we struggle with are smaller. And when we're not focused on ourselves, as Jeff said, the I in sin and flesh, which brings us to ourselves, then we can be so much more. We can light the dark room. We can warm the cold. We can offer comfort. And that loving gesture will cause somebody else to be loved. And in feeling loved, maybe they will change. We have no uh, control over those outcomes, but we can be heavily invested in the process. So, Jeff, fourth segment, final thoughts on that. So true that love is a choice. I didn't say it was an easy choice. But I am very sure. I pray all the time. I pray over, over my, my Ironman group all the time. We end it all the time by saying, not every time, but often, by saying, as you go out this week, God has appointments for you. Somebody's going to need you to be the hands and feet of Christ. So as you go out in the world knowing he's created you with a purpose, there is someone there who needs the Jesus in you. And that person, you might be the only Bible they've ever read. As you experience life and how we react or respond, we respond when we're prepared, where we react on what we've been trained Right. right, work right, taking off the engine fails, bang bang, it's it's just reaction, it's reaction. right, boom boom boom, right. Same thing in life. You run into things, right? How we respond in life to people that need to be loved. Think about what life would be like if people in the world followed one commandment, none of the rest, none of the rest. Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And you know what I often think gets overlooked in that statement is the as yourself part. Right. Because 
Sometimes we're very hard on ourselves, and in that uh, constant ongoing critique, we feel uh, disempowered, and we forget how important we can be to somebody else. Well, I'm here with two pilots, and I know this is trite, but put, put the oxygen mask on first. Yeah. And that's a very good point. And then that's true. Uh, you have to it, feed yourself. In the forgiveness of Jesus and in his love, we can uh, feel full and feel, feel uh, so amazingly uh, able to love those around us without needing anything in return. But the real world it, it, fact is, is that we tell ourselves, no, I can't take time for myself to have time with Jesus. And, and, and that's what we need first. When that is put first, everything else flows. If you're too busy to pray, you are too busy not to. If you're yeah. too busy to read your Bible, to have some quiet, take two minutes. Who yeah. was it who Look said something like, uh, if you don't have 15 minutes to read your Bible, if you're too busy to have 15 minutes to read your Bible, uh, you need to like pray for three hours. Or, yeah, yeah, something <laughs> like that. I, forgot. I think it was Martin Luther, uh, actually, but he had a lot going on. Um, well, that's a way true back statement. in 1517. <laughs> Um, friends, uh, it's just an amazing opportunity. Jeff, final thoughts. God put us in this world to love people. He put us here to have relationships. That's why we're here. And when we go out each day, you, like I said, you have an opportunity and you're going to find someone. Someone's going to need to know that Christ loves them. They're going to need to know that somebody cares. And taking a moment to say, hey, my name's Jeff. How are you today? Right? It'll make all the difference in the world. One of my pet peeves is when people walk past and go, hey, how you doing? And keep walking. Irritates. Right. It's just, you're, you're just, because it's said without any meaning. It's a kind thing to say. Well, I guess like saying, I love you. And the second part that I said, I love you more than words. Right? It's not just, hey, I love you. But there's an intent behind it. There's an action behind it. There's a person standing behind it that says, I love you more than just saying I love you. Amen. Friends, you've heard the truth from Jeff Egley, and he speaks a lot of truth. Sometimes he's a little rough on me, <laughs> but generally I deserve it. In any event, that brings us to our moment of truth. And that's a scripture which informs a discussion. First uh, Corinthians chapter 13 speaks a lot about love. I know you've probably heard it at a wedding, but it's worth reading for yourself slowly in light of what we've talked about here. First Corinthians chapter 13, and this is verse 13 from that chapter, and it says, Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So, friends, I'm not saying it's always easy to love our neighbors. Pastor Steve sometimes talks about sandpaper people who just rub you the wrong way. It's very difficult, and it's especially difficult today when we're manipulated from morning to night, and those manipulations can leave a serious mark on us. They can leave us divided and angry and hateful and judgmental and critical and suspicious. At the same time, as I say that, I'll say this. The choice to love is ours. It's defining of who we are. Nothing on earth or above the earth has that choice, and nobody can take it from us. A Holocaust survivor put it this way, 
Standing naked outside the door to a gas chamber, her family already dead, she realized that the only thing she had left was the choice to love or to hate. In that moment, she refused to give away the last thing she had, that choice. I've said before on the show that I was with my father when he passed away. I know for a fact that he took nothing with him. I still have some of his things in my storage unit. I promise you, he took nothing with him. In the end, the only thing that mattered was what he left in the lives and the hearts of his family, his friends, and the people he served as a doctor and a surgeon. I said my father treated everyone with kindness and generosity, and I think you'll agree the word treated is an interesting word to use in this context. He was, after all, a doctor. Jesus said it's not the healthy who need a doctor. So when we treat people with love, we're administering a soul-nourishing treatment that lifts them up, shines warmth and light into their lives, and speaks truth which drives out uncertainty. When we treat people with love, it makes them healthier and better able to live healthy lives. What could matter more than the way we treat people? The choice to treat people with love wherever you find them, in whatever shape you find them, whoever and whatever they are, defines you. It's the biggest gift you give to yourself. It determines who you are and what you are. Jesus showed us this treatment, and the Bible tells us how to do it well and right so that we will be who we are made to be. It's hard, and it takes determination. It's never wrong to do right, and there is nothing more important that you can do with your life, and that's courageous Christianity. So, Jeff, thank you for being with us today. It's a pleasure. Always a pleasure to be in your shadow. How does that leave you? Feel good? You feel motivated? You ready to go out there and do good things? The sheep know the shepherd's voice. And when he calls us to love people, listen. Amen. And what's interesting is when we're led in that direction, we can feel that peace, the fruits of the Spirit. Direction. And joy. And, And it's not struggle. And it's not onerous. He said, my yoke is light. And the opportunity is now when you don't know what the outcome can be. And so I just encourage everyone to start now. And make no demands of the outcome. Amen. How freeing is it It's to it, not have any burden of, I have to make this happen, to just say, the Lord loves you, and I do too. Amen. It's how I felt yesterday, friends, and it was a big relief from the way I've been feeling, and I'm so thankful that it's back. God is good, and when you pray to him, he will answer your prayers Thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word, in Houston, Texas, at kkht.com, on your favorite podcast app, or our new website, courageouschristianity.today, where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and semper fi.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.